Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Existence Podcast. Hello, lovely, loyal listeners. Welcome back to the Ecstatic Existence Podcast. And we're doing something different today. We have in the past shared a couple of our travel logs with you, and this is another one. So you're not going to hear an interview with a leading expert in health, wellness, and spirituality. You're going to hear our family's personal story of our travels. An adventure. And so if you haven't already, go back and check out some of our previous episodes. Last summer, uh, we took the kids all around Central Europe with the Amazing Race, which was a super cool experience. And their voices on the show are really gems. And so I'm so excited that they'll get to be joining us again. And previously, we also did a huge tour, Daniel and I, through Iceland. So go back and check out our Iceland travel log as well. Yeah, and the energy that's built up here is just really authentic. We share what happens to us on a day-to-day basis, like what our experience is, and it's really fun. You get to join with us in the travel and in the journey. Yeah, we see lots of amazing things, and, you know, sometimes it gets gritty and real, and, like, people get tired and hungry, and (laughs) shit goes down. That's part of travel, you know? So, uh, let's, uh, let's just rewind it a little bit to Christmas yeah. 2016. So this past Christmas, 2016, we chose to not give the kids physical gifts. Or Daniel or I. We, don't we really didn't give each other physical anyway. gifts anyway. And, you know, we live on our boat. We don't have a lot of space. And so we just decided to really invest in family memory. Yeah, experiences. Yeah. So what the kids found was a giant box in the middle of the living room floor. Enormous. Wrapped in paper. Beautiful wrapping paper. The box took up most of the living room. Yeah. And so when the box was opened, all these helium balloons floated out. They were red and white. Yeah, all the way to the ceiling. And attached to the balloons were numbers. One through four. Yep, on tags. Yeah. And then those specific ones... How did we link those to the clues? There was a scroll attached to each numbered balloon, along with a little packet of images. Yeah, like little mounted photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they got to read off each one, and it was so cool to watch their um, their reactions. They took turns, you know, so like Liberty did the first one, Merit did the second one, Lib did the third, Merit did the fourth, and, um, you know... By the time they're going through all of these all of these clues, this riddle, trying to figure out where they're going, their faces are lighting up, you know, they're they're crying because they're so excited, they're like stunned and speechless and kind of blank, and then they're like jumping for joy. It was like the whole range of emotion. It was so cool. Yeah, and so let's read the very first scroll to find out where our journey began. So I'm looking at a tattered, torn, stained piece of paper all rolled up and crinkly, and it says... The edges are burned. It looks like a, like a piece of pirate's treasure like map. a pirate map. It says, This is a tale filled with magic and mystery. A journey to faraway lands, unique culture and history. 
When you arrive in the land of fire and ice, you will notice the language is funny and the people are nice. If you are weary from travel, then relax at the Blue Lagoon. Because of the midnight sun, there will be no aurora nor moon. This is a land filled with elves and of trolls. You'll walk behind waterfalls, you adventurous souls. Have you ever been to a beach with black sand? Or held a thousand-year-old glacier in the palm of your hand? Gallop on to your next adventure on a small, sturdy horse. Be sure not to call them a pony, of course. And so accompanied with this were some amazing photos that kind of like clued it all in together as to where we were going. Mm -hmm. And you, the listeners, might have this figured out. We were headed to Iceland. Yeah. So... Here it is now, June 2017. Six months later. Yep. And so they had a whole list of different things to prepare them, you know, uh, reading material, movies, research. And so we've, we've been kind of for the last six months really... Kind of whittling away Yeah, ruminating on all these, uh, you know, cool historical geographical landmarks because mind you there's three more scrolls but we'll read those to you as this travel log develops mm -hmm. so now it's summer vacation the kids are out of school and starting on father's day yep we got on a plane we got them on we got on a plane and headed out yeah had a quick layover in canada and um, arrived in iceland bright and early in the morning and it was so crazy it was almost like we had I think we slept maybe three or four hours in, the course in, of two days. in 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we lived multiple days within one day. It was crazy. And We're, it stayed light the whole time, too. Like, the sun never set. It never got dark. Right. Even on the plane, it was like the sun kind of dipped and then it came back up. And yeah. know, we've just been, I feel like we've been wide awake <laughs> in the sun for days and days. Um and even since we've been here, we haven't really slept. Uh, it's been a lot of really late nights, you know, going to bed at 3 a.m., waking up at like 8 a.m. kind of thing. So yeah, crazy. And we planned ahead of time. We made our reservations that the very first thing we would do in Iceland was go get our rental car and go directly to the Blue Lagoon. Oh, and what a magical spot. You know, it's like these milky electric blue waters steaming. I mean, so much steam we couldn't even see our hands through it. Like at one point the kids and I went to the bathroom and Daniel went deeper into the lagoon and the girls and I are like, where is he? Where will we even be able to see him? I mean, we couldn't even see each other practically. There's so much steam and blue and the sky's all blue. It's just, I mean, it's surreal. It's surreal. It's dreamy. It's really an amazing facility too. You know, the first time that Rachel and I traveled Iceland last summer, uh, last spring, we avoided the Blue Lagoon because it's quite the tourist destination. It's kind of like maybe the hottest thing to do in Iceland. Well, it's one of the 24 natural wonders of the world. Yeah. So there you kind go. Kind of a big deal. It's like going to the Grand Canyon. Everybody goes. Because yeah. it's that cool. But it's kind of like natural man enhanced. I right. Mean, kind, of, kind of mix. It's pretty cool. And, you know, I'm really glad that we went to it this time because I'm not a huge fan of like massive tourist destinations. It was amazing. It was oh. so cool. So many little pockets that you could stow away and be, you know, secluded on your own. Like really cool caves and steam rooms and waterfalls. And swim up bars. And this, yeah. So the kids got to experience their first swim up bar. Yeah. Um, we got like some green juice power smoothie. And, and they give you these like fancy like, you know, bracelets. 
these fancy bracelets so that you can like check in and out of your locker and you can just add things to it. So any purchase that you make, you don't have to carry money around or worry about that. It just goes on your bracelet and they charge you later. Oh man. And then at the, um, at the walk up bar, it's pretty great. Cause you know, Rachel and I chose like a green juice and the kids each got a strawberry smoothie with the um, strawberry smoothie with skier skier which they're really proud of in iceland it's their form of like goat yogurt it's like of. a cultured yeah, yogurt yeah. yogurt and it was interesting too because behind the counter there were these kind of slurping machines these slushing machines <laughs> there's a red one There's and a, a blue red one. one and a blue one and the, the brand berry. name i'm not kidding was k-r-a-p crap Crap. And so <laughs> we thought, how funny would it be to just walk up to the bar and be like, yeah, um, I'll have some of the blue crap. <laughs> so funny. Um, so, yeah, but it's super rich in silica, which is what gives it its... Uh, not the blue crap, the blue lagoon. No, the blue lagoon is really rich in silica, and that's what gives it its blue, milky white color, and as well as what makes it so nourishing for the body, right? Our brain, our skin, our hair, our eyes, everything is made of silica, we're all silica deficient. And so, uh, man, it's just so nourishing. But it really makes your hair like straw. I mean, we got out of there and our hair was like, hey. And they give you these really amazing... <laughs> like, hey. Like, hey. Not like, hey. It was like, hey. Um, and so they give you these cool masks. You can get an algae mask, which is really nourishing. You can do a silica mud mask. Which kind of like hardens on your face after a while and turns into like this dry cake mm-hmm. mask. That's cool. Man, it draws out all the impurities. It was like if you had a blemish, just sucked it right yeah. out. And there's so a steam cool. room. There's a sauna. There's a waterfall. Yeah, it's a pretty wonderful facility. It's gorgeous. And it's an interesting story about what made it, right? So in the 1980s, there was a new power plant that opened up. It was a geothermal power plant. And so they used this natural hot spring water. It's like a mixture of fresh water and seawater that heats itself up in the plates of the earth to like 400 degrees. So it's like super, super hot water. And so they made a plant to get the heat energy out of this. And then the leftover water was left at around, you know, in the range of 100 something degrees that they couldn't really power anything with, but it didn't have any chemicals or toxins or impurities or anything altered to it. It was just the water that wasn't hot enough to heat anything anymore. So they decided that they would put all of this excess water out into the lava field thinking that it would trickle down through the lava, that would make sense, and then enter the water for again and be recycled. But because, like Rachel mentioned, the water is so rich in silica, the silica ended up plugging up all the holes in the lava and creating a giant pool of this beautiful, chalky, milky blue water. Which you'll notice when you're there that the walls of the of the lagoon are... I mean, they're almost like a, a, a polished ceramic, you like know? Like clay or yeah, something. Yeah, or, or like... Like a porcelain, yeah, it, like unglazed porcelain. It's like swimming like. in a porcelain pool. It's like it's like slippery and smooth and white, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, really cool. Like it's been in a kiln. Um, so I guess the local people all started swimming in these like natural, semi semi natural like pools that were forming of this water, and then of course somebody latched onto it and they built a beautiful money, facility. Money, 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 money. <laughs> beautiful facility. <around laughs> they wanted to, yep, start making that money off off of this beautiful natural resource. So, um, yeah, we spent the morning there. We revitalized our sore uh, muscles, and we got to really relax. And one really interesting phenomenon would happen in the water that I don't fully have figured out yet because we didn't get to ask anybody about it. You'd go through the water, and at certain points in the pool, there's like this zapping almost static, yeah, it like electrical Yeah, it felt like pulse. when I got tased. 
Yeah. In my spine. Like if if any of you listeners have ever been tased, I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like electricity going up and down your spine. Like so, I got tased on my arm. And I could feel it, like, in my neck, like, ah. And especially if you put your the base of your skull or your ears down in the water, you could hear this, tack, 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 like, staticky noise. Yeah, this crackling and popping and, it, yeah, this weird vibration in the bones of your body. Oh, it was so weird. And also really... Really cool. I thought likeable. it was awesome. Like, I yeah. liked it and didn't like it at all. So, anyway, relaxed there. Then we um, we moved on to our location where we were going to be for the next few days. We decided to book a stay through Airbnb on, on a, a farm. farm. Yeah, yep. so there were sheep and horses, Icelandic horses. And a cool farm dog. And, and a, a cat. super lovey, friendly cat. And A really gracious host. Yeah, and the place we stayed at was in Hella. Hella. So it was so funny because we got to say... That's hella Iceland. Yeah. Oh, man, we're in hella Iceland. Yeah. And Mary got to hang out with the Icelandic horses. We got to talk with them. I took a I took some drone photos of the farm and shared them with the owners, and they thought it was so cool to see their land from above, from the air. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we crashed out. And then uh, later that night, after we took a nap, we um, just headed back out and started driving around, just kind of with no rhyme or reason. We had no destination. We just drove and explored. I found some beautiful sights, some some amazing photo ops. Probably did like an hour and a half loop out yeah. into the kind of central Iceland from Hella, and then came back around. And you know, we got to see some snow capped hills, some and waterfalls, waterfalls, right? Raging rivers, yeah. A lot of lava fields. Yeah, and Liberty got introduced to the midnight sun for the first time because you know we were out there like after midnight. Snapping selfies and photos of, like, cool fences and all kinds of things. Beautiful flowers. Oh, wow, we got some really pretty shots. Oh, and the thermal, the geothermal activity. There was a lot of steam. We saw a steam stream. Yeah, really cool stuff. Gorgeous. The next day, we slept in. Mm-hmm. Slept in long. And then um, headed out because our destination was all the way to Glacier Lagoon. It was our end destination this day, which is pretty big. And this was probably our most epic day here. It was an it epic was day. The one day where we were like, okay, we have to cram everything in. This yeah. is the day. I calculated and it took us over like nine hours to actually get to Glacier Lagoon because we made so many stops. <gasps> oh my god! Because we left the place at like noon and then we didn't even get to the glacier until like nine. Wow. Really? Oh my gosh. That means I was driving like so long that day. Wow. Well, because they get to stop every Stops five minutes because there's so many cool things. So we stopped at several waterfalls, amazing waterfalls. Selangelin Foss is my favorite waterfall in the whole world. You get to go behind it. And Daniel and I went there when we were here last year. And I was like, just like giddy that I got to show the kids one of my favorite places ever. Yeah. Not often you get to walk behind a waterfall. Yeah. And when you go, uh, when you go behind the waterfall, there's so much mist. I mean, like people were wearing plastic bags and stuff (laughs) and we just went and we got soaked. (laughs) Yeah. It's truly a beautiful, magical spot. And, um, yeah, it was cool because the first time Rachel and I went, we were going clockwise around Ring Road, and so we didn't see these waterfalls approaching. They, like, snuck up on us. We're like, oh, I see there's a waterfall over here. And then we would get there and see its majesty. But then coming counterclockwise, so heading east, you saw it from the distance. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at that waterfall. Oh, that's right where we're going, of course. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty sweet. Then we headed on. We went to... Skogafoss. Skogafoss. We went to Skogafoss. 
Anyway, I thought it was really funny because it's called Skoga Foss. And so as we were walking up to the waterfall, I was chanting, Skoga, Skoga, Skoga. <laughs> and the kids were like, Dad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. That was just super powerful. Big, mm-hmm. powerful. Big. A lot of water yeah. coming through. So, all right. We keep heading on. We go out to uh, Dirhole. I'm, don't, I'm not saying that correctly at all. Any Icelanders, any of the words I'm pronouncing, I'm sorry. I'm butchering it. And then, uh, yeah, we headed to Dirhole, which was magic. We got, went into this beautiful fairy cave, hiked up a hill to get to. Totally amazing cave. And saw a bunch of cool natural stone formations and a bunch of other things in that area. It's a really uh, popular site. There's an elephant rock. Mm-hmm. If you ever see photos of a big rock that looks like an elephant, that's where that is. And um, then, as we headed on, I realized that it was time to put some gas in the car. And Iceland is the kind of place where, especially if you're traveling out in the country, you just get gas when you see a station. And so I was like about oh, a half tank. Yeah, because you don't know when you're going to see a, a station again. Yeah. And we were heading out into even farther into the country, right? Out and towards the glacier. Yeah. And that very well, I didn't know that very well might have been the last, you know, gas station I saw until Glacier Lagoon. So we stopped and got some gas. And, you know, I, we were driving this little, you know, rental manual drive a Toyota. Yeah, cute little diesel. Yeah, cute little diesel car. And so, you know, being from the U.S. my whole life, the diesel handles are always green. Diesel pumps, always green, right? So I'm thinking ahead of time, as I'm pulling up, diesel, 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 like playing in my head. This is a diesel car, diesel car, diesel diesel. car, diesel car. And so as I pull up to the pump, I even look to make sure that the pump I pull up to has the green handle. And so I pull up, grab the green handle, make my payment, top off the car about halfway half tank because i would have had a half tank in and then we i just moved the car a few feet and we park and we were going to go in and get some snacks in the convenience store and as i'm walking from the car back to the convenience store past the pump again and i see that the green pump is not labeled diesel the black pump right next to the green pump says diesel and so all of a sudden i realized that i had put gasoline into the diesel engine about a half tank worth. And so we're like, oh no. And instantly we start researching and looking up what, what in the world to yeah, do. Yeah, what to do. And I worked at a at a shop in my youth. And so I remember the mechanics doing this. So they would siphon out the gas and, you know. Yeah, you got to drain it. You got to drain, drain it. And you got to grumble about it all. And so uh, I was like, oh man, like. I feel like I know what we could do, but we don't we don't speak Icelandic. We don't know where anything is. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of late at night, like everything's closing. Yeah, and so luckily I start, you know, I start trying to call around and see what I can figure out and Rachel goes in and talks to the wonderful people that are working at this little convenience store. I'm like, "Do you have just like a hose and a bucket? Like like we could figure this thing out if you have a hose and a bucket." And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Because I was like, or, I mean, do you know how to get a tow truck to a shop? And, and the girl at the counter, she's like, yeah, the everything's going to be closed now. Like, nothing will be open. And we're thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, and it's going to be so much money. Like, so much money to have this thing drained and towed. I, I mean, it's one thing just to waste, like, 50 bucks on gas, but... So the people are super helpful at the station, and they're able to provide us with the proper hose and the young cool guy that works at the place brings out the, they have like french fries so he brings out this giant like 20 liter jug that was used for french fry oil and a hose to siphon it out 
So that was amazing. He was like, oh, this is no big deal. This happened to some French people just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So we weren't the only ones. Right. And I even told the guy, you know, I feel I was like totally embarrassed. And I had to tell him, like, um, I'm from the U.S. and our diesel is always green. The green handles the diesel. And he's like, oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> so, and then meanwhile, Liberty and I are in the car and we're trying to figure out on the phone, like, what in the world do we do if we need to get towed somewhere, if we need to, like, get a service station or whatever. And the guy on the phone, he's able to tell us, well, the town nearest to you is... And we're like, what? What is that called, Daddy? What is it called again? Anyway, we got that one. Um, And so it's Kirkjubijarklaustur. That was the worst pronunciation ever, but it's so crazy to hear people say it. And the guy's kind of laughing. He's like, yeah, I know. It's a long one as I'm spelling it out. Luckily, I didn't need to go to Kirkjubijarklaustur. And (laughs) Merritt and I had been a little team and we were running around finding out all the things. And we, so we got the, uh, yeah, we got some snacks for Daddy and some juice, and and we found the the dude that got him the the bucket and the hose. And meanwhile, I got a mouth full of diesel, and you know, trying to siphon it out, and that was pretty gnarly. And so I had to have like all the juice and like peach candy to like yeah. get that out of there. <laughs> it was pretty gross. I had a couple like diesel flavored burps, and it was rough, but got it flowing. Got all the fuel pumped out of it, and. Yep. Filled back up with diesel properly and got back on the road. That was our adventure, and it was pretty great. It took a few hours. It was pretty crazy. We ate lots of french fries. And so we even had to decide, we're like, well, do we even continue to go? It's another, like, hour or hour and a half out to the lagoon from Well, and I'm not even trusting that our car is okay. Um, You know, some of the things that they said on the internet was like, oh, just put, you know, neutralize it with automatic transmission fluid in the tank. Because it needs to be a lubricant because yep. the gasoline is anti-lubricant. Right. And, and, it, ha- and it burns fuel. at a higher higher flash point, an octane level, which is bad for diesel. And so I'm like, oh my God, is our engine going to fry out or, you know, things yeah. just seize up. Um, and so but we just we moved along pretty We going sl- for it because we figured if we're going to break down between here and where we're staying or between here and the glacier, who cares? Right. What's the difference? Right. But because I got all of the fuel out and got it back in, and we put the ATF in there, everything was fine, and the car drove just like it normally would. Like, it was like it never happened. It was like it never happened. I siphoned but, all of that fuel out. But the smell was crazy. Oh, right, because we had the big jugs of gasoline and diesel in the back of the car. Because we had to figure out where to dispose of it at. We couldn't dispose of it there. Yeah, they weren't equipped for it. So... Man, we headed down the road, windows open, in Iceland, it's cold, it's noisy and loud, and Merritt and Rachel are, like, yelling out the window as loud as they can. They're sticking their heads out the window and yelling. Well, because we couldn't breathe, there was so much gas fumes. And then I stuck my head out the window. Yeah, and it was fun. It was really fun for everybody. Well, we finally got to another gas station that seemed really well equipped, and they were closing. And so I felt confident in leaving these jugs of fuel there because I trusted that they would know what to do. Because it was a nice actual like gas station. Yeah, they had a bunch of equipment and things right. like that. So propane I, and all the stuff. Anyway, yeah. so we ditched those jugs. We, we ditched kept on those down jugs the road. <laughs> and trucked on down the road. 
Well, we finally got to Diamond Beach, which is something that Rachel and I were not able to find. We didn't know where it was the we first time. We wanted to, we and we couldn't figure out where it was. This time we knew what it was. I didn't even know what it was called the first time. Right. So that would have helped us find it. But now I found out what it was called. Diamond Beach is where all of the beautiful big chunks of ice, these mini floating icebergs, come from Glacier Lagoon and float out into the sea down a river and then wash back up on the shore. Yeah, so they... Oh, yeah, what? And there's black sand on the beach, too. Oh, so isn't it a beautiful contrast of all those clear and the blue ice on the black? It's really incredible. And it takes about a thousand years or more for that process to happen because they break off this big giant glacier, our huge floating icebergs in Iceberg Lagoon get small enough that they can get sucked out to sea, and then they kind of bob out at sea for a while and then get washed back up on the beach. And while we were driving there, we saw these houses built into these hills. Oh, yeah, that was really fun, seeing that, huh? Just a different way that people create structures yep. based on the landscape that they're working with. Some of the old Icelandic structures are really impressive and cool, the way they use the landscape. So, Diamond Beach, amazing. All these, every single piece of ice that washes up on the beach is like a beautiful organic sculpture of its own. And it's yummy, too. And it's yummy, too. It's super clean. Mara was eating some. Thousand-year-old ice she was nibbling on. Yep, that's pretty impressive. And everyone got cool photos. It was super duper fun. And um, Rachel couldn't resist it because it was such an amazing landscape. And so she just like stripped down and had to get a little nudie booty photo shoot. Yeah, and I dipped my toes. I dipped my toes in the freezing ice water too. It felt really good. And a fun juxtaposition, you know? Oh, just man. All that nature. And it was I a great shot. I think a nude body in nature is like. The epitome of beauty. Especially when it's so surreal. Uh, the Glacier Lagoon, not necessarily Diamond Beach, but Glacier Lagoon that all this stuff comes from, which is right around the corner, has been the scene of several major motion pictures. At least four. is like Laura Croft Tomb Raider, a couple of the James Bond movies. And uh, it has also been used as a destination in The Amazing Race. And music videos, show. too. When we were there last year, Kanye and Kim... We're there kicking it, doing a music video. Right. I thought it was cool <laughs> that The Amazing Race used that spot because we actually themed our last year's travel adventure on The Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool to hear. So after we checked out Diamond Beach, I'm so glad we did. We went over to Glacier Lagoon. Yeah. We checked went. out the big glaciers. And at this point, it's probably 12 o'clock, 1230 in the a.m. Yep. And the sky, everything is blue. The, and gray. And gray, and the icebergs are blue and gray. And so it just had this incredible monochromatic color palette. Oh, yeah. Like, so I, I mean, it's dreamy. Totally dreamy. and, like, otherworldly. I got some really cool drone footage there. Oh, man. So if you're listening to this podcast, make sure, you know, check out my personal Facebook page, Daniel Alcyon. And um, just dig through the videos and stuff. I'm sure by now, by the time you're hearing this, you may see the videos of some of these shots of our Iceland trip. Well, and, you know, Iceland is such a photographer's paradise because you can't take a bad photo. I mean, it's, like, impossible. Everywhere you look is, like, a picturesque painting. Yeah, if you have even rudimentary skills of framing and proportion and rule of thirds or any of that. If like, you can barely. Just you just, like, point and shoot and it's good. Kind of point a camera in a general <laughs> direction and have it come out clear and not shaky then it's going to be great. Yeah, Glacier Lagoon, totally amazing. 
And everyone was pretty tired after that. We uh, we drove all the way back. And I drove nonstop. Like, it was three and a half hours back. And we got home at, like... 3 a.m. And yeah. then we were starving. So we made rice. <laughs> yeah. And we're laughing hysterically until the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Merritt has some funny bedtime shenanigans that crack me up. Like, she does this thing where she just wants to stare at me while I'm sleeping. And I think it's hilarious. Or she'll, like, climb under our, under our bed and mess with us. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, we had some good times in our little cottage. Then, today, we woke up. We headed out of our cabin in the morning. We cleaned everything up all beautifully, like you do. And we headed into the big city. After all this time in the countryside, so far the kids have only seen, like, rural nature. Iceland. You all know, the nature. Nature and little farms and, you know, just open space. We went into the city, into Reykjavik. Yeah. And so we went to all the boutiques and charming shops. And, I mean, it's such a chill city. It, it like, feels like Sunday all day. And, you know, you'll see, it's really common, you'll see kids like young kids just like riding their bicycle or walking all by themselves without any parent nearby and in the largest city in the country yeah it's like the biggest metropolitan downtown area and you'll just see like oh there's like a 10 or 12 year old kid just rode his bike and there's no one else around right or younger even yeah so it was really cool we got to check out some different neighborhoods that rachel and i hadn't been to before see the Um, iconic church yeah just amazing and they were playing the the pipe organ in the Hallsgrimkirka, the big church. Good one. And yeah, it was just a real treat. Bunch of cool street art. I mean, it's wonderful. Lovely, lovely, lovely city. Yeah, lots of bright colors because the winters are so um, dark, you know. They have, yeah, in the summer they have the midnight sun, but in the winter it's like no sun. So they maybe get a little glimpse of light for a few months there and... So yeah, all the all the buildings are really brightly colored, and there's lots of really cool street art, like Daniel said, all over the place, just to you know brighten up the experience. Yeah, it was really fantastic. I think everybody got a really good vibe of the city, and we you know had some fantastic food, did all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then um, we headed out from the city and we went over to meet up with our good friend. Gutni Gunnarsson. Oh, what a beautiful soul! I mean, I could just spend hours and hours with that guy. Yeah, man, he's so wise. So we interviewed him again. Goodney, uh, he appeared on the podcast with his own episode called Presence is Power. This was during our last Icelandic trip, and we stopped and interviewed Goodney. And this time, we decided to do a video. We did a live video interview. So in the liner notes of the show, I'll have the link for that. You can check out that episode directly and that live video directly it'll be on youtube it'll be on the ecstatic existence facebook page so the live video is a really cool format um we got some great feedback and response even as it was happening such a cool thing in technology that we get to do now just share with people live all over the world coming from iceland well and a really incredible topic too yeah the topic he wanted to focus on was how he really defines the word responsibility like how responsibility is really defined And he defines it as responsibility is wanting yourself and loving yourself. Yeah, wanting you. And so if that sounds interesting to you, which is fascinating, and it goes into more topics than that, but... um, And he's so eloquent. Yeah, really fascinating man. Check out that. It'll be an audio release as well as a video. So that was super exciting. From there, we went and dropped off our, our rental car 
and hop the taxi over to a beautiful hotel that we're staying at right now. Mm-hmm. It's really lovely, really sweet. And early in the morning, we're going to head to the airport on a shuttle and we're going to be flying out to our next destination. And to let you know where that is, let's clue you in on the second scroll that the kids opened up and found in their Christmas present last year. Scroll number two says, The queen is on her throne, sipping tea and eating crumpets, while her guards in red suits serenade her with trumpets. Home to musicians that you may know well, like Ellie Golding, The Beatles, David Bowie, Adele. The taxis in this land are called lorries, and you'll notice the buses are red with two stories. Fairy tales come alive in the forest of Sherwood. You may meet Maid Marian and Sir Robin Hood. If decoding this location is a struggle, you'd be wise to use magic unless you're a muggle. As you continue your travels, imagine your shock if you were to see Aslan at Stonehenge Rock. Wow. So we're heading to England tomorrow morning. We jump on a plane going to England and our adventure continues. Is it going to be a long flight? I don't think it's going to be a long flight. Just a few hours. Yeah, a few hours. Yeah, real quick. And once we're there, we're going to be picking up an RV and continuing our travels on a major epic UK road trip. So come back for part two of our adventure. It's been a joy sharing this part of our travel log with you. And we're off to England, everybody. That's hella Iceland. Yeah. That's hella Iceland. Yeah. That's hella Iceland. That's hella Iceland. That's hella Iceland. That's hella Iceland. That's hella Iceland.